Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. My name is Philip Wells and I will be your host for this episode. This is episode 147. We begin our time together with a devotion from 1 Peter. This devotion was written by Pastor Mark Falk and is read by Pastor Peter Hagen. 1 Peter 4, verses 7-11, through 11, The end is near. Love each other deeply. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-control so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power for ever and ever. Amen. It may take a while to finish First Peter at this pace, but it's worth it. Sometimes we just find jewels in every verse of God's word. Love. Jesus says that love fulfills the law. We won't be saved by our love. God's love has already paid the price of our redemption. But certainly, those who have been bought with a price, the blood of Christ, those people will understand better than any country singer that love is basic. Remember again that Peter is talking to Christians under fire. Persecution is either happening or looming on the horizon. Those who do not accept the salvation of Jesus hate those who are upsetting their pagan apple cart. This still occurs all over the non-Christian world in places like Indonesia, Pakistan, China, etc. In case I omit a prayer suggestion at the end of this, remember to pray for Christians who are suffering or in danger today. You could add the Sudan to this list, and remember Rwanda and the slaughter of Christians because of their faith in that land. But even in America, our Christian love for each other strengthens and warms us as we step out into a world that is decidedly cool to a message that says, Apart from Christ, you must all perish in hell. But in Christ, your sins are all forgiven. Therefore, repent and believe. I spoke to an uncomfortable truth of the law one day at the Y, and the lady who was just listening in spoke in obvious anger. Direct quote, This is just BS. In such a world, we need the tender love of those who sit around us in the pew, confess their sins in unison with us, open their mouths to sing with us. Those who stay for coffee, not because they need coffee, but because they really do love each other. We ask about each other's children, we show concern for failing health, we pray for each other, and notice what truly Christian love does. Love covers over a multitude of sins. This passage has been misapplied by those who teach that our love helps save us, that faith needs love added in the article of justification. God justifies. That is to say, God declares not guilty. Those who are guilty of sin, evildoers, for example, David and Abraham in Romans chapter 4. No, our love, our love covers the sins of others. We forgive 
we forget we do not publish their sin. Perhaps this is some of the sagest advice given to young lovers. Go into marriage with your eyes wide open, and then close them a little bit each day. Is that not love, covering the sins of your wife or husband? And then this, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Paul never stayed in a Motel 6. It was fellow Christians who kept the light on for him. Motels were non-existent. But no one should grumble in Rome or Ephesus if a fellow saint shows up late in the evening, bleary-eyed and needing lodging. There is still opportunity today for hospitality. In my teaching days, a young graduate showed up at my doorstep in the wee hours. She had been at a wedding. I think it was foggy or nasty. It was a long way home. Maybe she had had a drink. Can I sleep on your couch? I know where I'm going to sleep when I head to Lambeau Field. It won't be in a motel. It will be with family. And it is good if this attitude extends itself. We are all family in Christ. I have been happy to save my congregation and my synod money. Where there is a conference or meeting and someone opens their home, I skip the motel. These are good times. This is a natural expression of love. This isn't the same as the first century, but hospitality in all its forms is still a natural expression of love. But no grumbling. Maybe some did grumble. Maybe we grumble about the help that members of the Christian family need. Then turn again to the source of love. Jesus loved his own to the end. As the end nears, Jesus' love makes it possible for us to love each other deeply. And so, pray for persecuted Christians wherever they may be. For example, Egyptian girls kidnapped into Muslim marriage and killed if they convert to the Christian faith. Or more. Next up, we have a song by Branches Band. This song is titled, You Never Let Go. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. Every 
Next up, we have a message from Beard133.com with Pastor Tom Barthel. The connection between ritual, reverence, and respect. There are certain buzzwords used by many churches trying to reach my generation. Authentic is one of them. Perhaps the underlying implication is that old worship rituals are not authentic and heartfelt. I've felt this way before. I've worshipped in many churches and have seen times when someone is no longer worshipping but is seemingly going through a mindless routine. It even happens at our own dinner table when I, someone asks, Did we give thanks before a meal? We did. Someone forgot. Someone just mindlessly went through the motions. That is not worship. If anyone has ever been surrounded by that type of worship, they would understandably crave another form of authenticity. Sinners sin, even when worshiping. Ritual can't fix that. Sometimes it fosters it. Ritual is a sequence of activities or events in a prescribed order. It's hard to avoid. You have a morning ritual. You do it each day without even planning it out. It helps you get each day going. It helps you plan the birthday party or the social party. You probably have many other rituals in your life. Rituals make life work. Why not worship too? God knows that rituals serve us well. He gave many to the ancient Israelites. But today, his worldwide church is free to form its own Christ-centered rituals for worship. The Apostle Paul writes in Colossians 2, Do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So, what routine and practice is best? Churches which use ritual, rooted in the ancient liturgy, are not automatically inauthentic. Many long-used rituals properly focus on Christ as Savior. There's nothing inauthentic about a man who makes the sign of a cross, because he deeply believes Jesus' death must always be on his mind. There's nothing fake about a man who daily recites the Apostles' Creed with conviction that he speaks the truth. A slow and somber tune isn't void of true worship. It often hits the heart in places where most songs seldom dare to go. Topics like sin, guilt, seeking mercy from God through the blood of his Son. Don't get me wrong. Following ancient Christian rituals are not the only proper way to worship, nor do I think they are automatically superior. I love many new rituals in the church. I personally don't care for every old ritual. All worship must be in spirit and in truth. John 4. No matter the routine or style. But I would contend the ancient church carried on many valuable rituals for us to use today. I've learned this through observing how it influences my family. With eight young children, I've really started to notice how much ritual helps in worship. Our congregation follows a typical historical pattern with some weekly variations. But they always know some sort of order. The pattern becomes familiar in a good way. It's not the rituals that make us respect what we do in worship. We have rituals because we respect what we do in worship. But what has me most convinced of the value of ritual is when I introduced new, at least new to us, old worship rituals into our family devotion time. 
I had previously reasoned, it will feel forced. It's not natural to stop what you're doing and start following patterns and reciting things from the heart. The kids will get bored. But when they started to see the pattern, they loved it. It gave direction and respect in an often chaotic world. It brought peace through something bigger than this world and this moment. I'm certain that the rituals we've introduced into our family devotion will be a lifelong treasure. They will never forget them. Never. Authentic? What could be more authentic than a little child eager to begin devotion time because they know the response, the prayer, and the hymn? What could be more reverent than a family gathered each week for worship, young and old, all joining together in familiar words, along with new songs? Ritual is a way of expressing reverence. It's a way of conveying respect. It's a way of worship, and I'm loving it. Next we have To Tell the Story with Luca Taliano. This one is titled While We Were Asleep. Look, of course they're going to say that. It's their lord, and they're going to say whatever it takes to make it sound like he's still alive. Listen, trust me. I was there. He's not alive. (laughs) Pull up a chair. Let me buy you a drink, and I'll, I'll tell you what really happened. No, 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 it's fine. I just got a little bit of a, a little bit of a bonus, so it's a, it's fine. Now listen. This is what happened. So your, your chief priests, they remembered that deceiver saying that he'd be alive again in three days. And they figured that, you know, his disciples would steal the body and claim he was alive. You know, kind of like they did. So your chief priest went to the governor, Pilate, and they said, Hey, put a guard out there. And he did. So I went. And I stood out there all night long. (laughs) All night long. And Gaius, he brought some of his wine, and while we fell asleep. No, of course it's not normal. I'm a good soldier. I do my duty. All the time. All right. Most of the time. You want to hear what happened or not? And yeah, we, we woke up at dawn. Stone was rolled away, body was gone. Obviously the thieves stole the body. Obviously the disciples came in and just took it while we were sleeping. Yeah, his disciples. <laughs> yeah, I heard they're a bunch of cowards. Of course they are. Who could stand up to a Roman soldier like me, huh? I don't Maybe they got drunk and brave. I don't know. Look, I I don't analyze personalities. I just say what I told. I mean, I say what I saw. And I saw an empty tomb when I woke up. The only possibility is that they stole the body. Yeah, the brave disciples. No. No, I wasn't punished. Well, of course I should have been. I fell asleep on the job. I failed my duty. I... Normally, I'd be killed for that kind of thing. But you know, I went to the chief priests and I told them what happened, and they were fine with it. They dealt with my commanding officer. No, I won't tell you why I went to your chief priests first. Look, I can tell you for sure, though. He's dead, all right? What do you mean, where'd I get the bonus from? It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with this. Listen, who cares, all right? He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. And he... Not be alive. 
Yeah, well, who are you going to believe? Some women or Roman soldier? They claim that there was an earthquake and an, an angel, and we became like dead men. You're right. Uh-huh, right. Look, I'm a veteran. I fought in more battles than you would believe. I know what I saw, and it takes more than some vision to make me like a dead man. And if you think I acted like that, if you think I fainted, me, I will show you how much of a man I am. And you will learn what it is to fear a Roman soldier. Listen, buddy, you're paying for your own drink now. You keep that up and I will take you outside and we'll have some words, right? Who's there? He's not alive. He can't be alive. I need another drink. Now, brothers and sisters, the Roman soldiers were bribed. They were terrified of what they saw. They became like dead men when they saw that angel. But their lies couldn't keep Jesus in the grave. He really rose, and he really lives. And this story is true. We end our time together with another song from the Branches Band, Jesus, Your Boundless Love to Me. Jesus, your boundless love to me. No thought can reach, no tongue declare. Dwell in my heart eternally And reign without a rival there To you alone, dear Lord, I live Myself to you, dear Lord, I give Oh, grant that
storms of life shall cease. Oh, Jesus, in that final hour, be then my rod and staff and guide, and draw me safely, 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 You have been listening to Canaan Podcast, episode 147. This podcast was first shared in August of 2019. We would like to thank Pastor Peter Hagen for reading our first Peter devotion this episode. Pastor Peter Hagen does a 10-minute podcast daily called Raised with Jesus. You can find out more at raisedwithjesus.com. We would like to thank Branches Band for allowing us to share their music with you this week. If you'd like to find more of Branches Band music, or t-shirts, CDs, even songbooks and sheet music, you can find their content at branchesband.com. Beard133.com is the blog of Pastor Tom Barthel, and the tagline is Advocating Active Christian Fatherhood. You can check out all of his blog posts at beard133.com. To Tell the Story is written and performed by Luke Italiano, You can find more of Luke Italiano at breadforbeggars.com. We encourage you to spend some time reading your Bible. If you're looking for a place to start, 1 Peter chapter 4 is where our first devotion came from in this episode. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening. God bless your week.